Said she tired, little money, need a big boy. Pull up 20 inch blades like I'm little toy. Now it's everybody flocking near the Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of K and Chats. My name is Eric Mojico, your host for the show. So today our guest is Dane Bartz. He is a strength conditioning coach based out of Rochester Hills, Michigan. And he is the owner of the company called Linked Fit. And at Linked Fit, what it is, it's online training and Dane focuses a lot on customizing specific programs for every single client that signs up with Linked Fit. And so in this episode, he talks about online training and how he goes about um, doing assessments and writing programs for his clients. And on top of that, uh, he, was a guest speaker at the Missouri State Clinic, and so he's gonna talk a little bit about his presentation on the autonomic nervous system and recovery for um, all personal training clients. And so what's fascinating to me about the autonomic nervous system is that it is the basic driver of all internal functions of our human body. And so when you think about the two basic branches of the autonomic nervous system, you think about the parasympathetic and sympathetic. Your parasympathetic is responsible for down-regulating your heart rate, blood pressure, um, increasing urination, digestion, things like that. And so your sympathetic is responsible for the opposite of that, is increasing your heart rate, making your body more alert, mostly because you are exposed to chronic stress. And so when it comes to training programs, it is really important to understand what this person is going through. Are they going through a lot of college exams right now? Are they having troubles at home? Or do they have some big project that they gotta complete for work? Do they have some deadlines? Are, are they just stress overall over everything going on in life? Well, if you want to start implementing a training program to them, you need to make sure that the stress levels of the training programs are appropriate so that you're not um, overstimulating this person. And so in this episode, Dane goes into everything with heart rate variability and um, rate of perceived exertion and some other modalities that he likes to use to help his clients understand where they need to be as far as kicking up their sympathetic or parasympathetic depending on if they're getting into a training session or maybe after in the post session, they are making sure that they're getting their heart rate down and getting it back up whenever they need to and whenever it's appropriate. But nevertheless, let's get this show started. Episode 13 of Can Chats with Dane Bartz begins right now. All right, so our guest today is Dane Bartz. He's a strength conditioning coach with Linked Fit. Welcome to the show, Dane. Thank you, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So uh, I want you to just kind of start off introducing yourself, tell us a little bit about your story, how you got started, and what is LinkFit? Absolutely. So obviously, you guys know I'm Dane Bartz. I uh, founded a company called LinkFit. Started off in Rochester Hills, Michigan. Um, say that's where the the company's actually headquarters is at. We do most of the stuff out uh, online coaching. Um, we do some travel coaching as well, but we do educational content for you know other companies and other individuals that hire us to go out to their facilities or their locations and their companies to just pretty much amplify what their understanding is within the field and just provide some evidence-based practices to uh, amplify that stuff. But let's see, I started off my, my field or my career, I should say, just in a variety of private sector facilities um, here in Michigan. I had the opportunity to go get my master's degree at the University of Akron. And from there, I ended up getting a job as a head performance coach at a little pretty much private sector facility in what is it, Mayfield Heights, Ohio, it's called Results Fitness, um, was spent there about two years. Then I got a job opportunity after my master's degree to go work for Exos at Google. So I helped uh, manage the corporate wellness program, specifically in the San Francisco location. So there, at the time that I was there, there was two fitness centers and I had the luxury to kind of 
manage and oversee both of those facilities, the personal training to the group exercise to all the classes that basically took place in there. And then all the, I think we had about probably three to 4,000 individuals that sat there in San Francisco that worked at Google. But yeah, and then I just, you know, I expanded my horizon and me and the girlfriend, we own the company Linked Fit, and we founded that and, you know, just really wanted to provide a, a good platform for online coaching. You know, a lot of coaches, a lot of uh, businesses try to really master that and they really try to get their, their clientele the, the best uh, programming that they can. But what we wanted to do, we kind of wanted to take that customized approach to it. So what we do, instead of just, you know, giving someone a program and kind of just being like, hey, this is my program. It works for everybody. Like, you should do it, too. We try to provide a, a like a customized, personalized program for everybody. So we do an assessment from our assessments. We do video conference calls. We meet with them. We're always there. We're communicating. I think that's one of the biggest things that you could do within the field of strength conditioning and personal training is communicate with somebody. I mean keep talking to them, understand what their, their, their limitations are and what they struggle at, just because if you can master those, then potentially it's just the hierarchy of everything else kind of comes faded out. But yeah. All right. And so with online training, I'm assuming that the assessment process has to be quite a challenge. How are you going about doing, um, I think I saw on your website, you guys do some functional movement screen and um, just kind of want you to go into how do you guys go about that with the whole online business? Absolutely. So our first process is we do like, uh, we call it a pre-assessment questionnaire. So what we have our clients do is we pretty much will just have them complete our questionnaire. Typically takes about anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, you know, health history, background, what their fitness training goals are, um, you know, what their, let's see, wellness categories that we can pretty much classify, like their sleep, new nutrition, what their stress levels are, what their fatigue is, what their occupation is. So we kind of already have a mindset or already kind of have something that we're going to go into knowing who they are. Um, but then from there, we'll actually have them record themselves. So we have a video on YouTube that says, hey, this is our modified functional movement screen. So we don't have the, the luxury of doing a full uh, functional movement screen. And what we do is we have them record themselves and then we go from there. So they record themselves and then we pretty much will go into our video conference call, very similar to this. And we'll, we'll pretty much classify all those different categories that we want to check off the list. So we'll meet with them. Now I'll actually ask them pretty much recapping what they did in the questionnaire, but we'll provide a little bit more clarification on the, the things that we want to ask about. So if they said they, they wanted to lose weight, well, sometimes, you know, smart goals, like you want to obviously have like some numbers behind it, what their category is for when they want to have that completed by and what their long-term goals are, short-term goals, and we kind of help them throughout that process. But from there, you know, it takes us about because everything's customized. So when we do our online coaching, it's 100 percent customized. We literally start from scratch for every single program, from the preparation, from the primary protocols, to the recovery. We literally do that completely from scratch just because we want to give them the luxury of giving them a customized program. It's not a necessarily a one fits all programming style. Like we don't just give them a training program and kind of just walk away. What we do is we actually provide the sense to them to be like, hey, like we're here to communicate with you or we're your coaches, even though it's remote, and it's online coaching. We're going to try to be with you in the whole entire step of the way. So, yeah, and then once we have that, we'll meet with them again to kind of give them the sense of, hey, this is your 12 week program. This is how it's going to be set out. We're very progressive. Like, you know, we just don't do the same thing over and over and over and over again. We try to provide that step ladder, but then all of a sudden we take those deload weeks. So. 
depending on who we're, we're working with, um, you know, we have clients that are golf performance. Um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to improve their their dynamics and their biomechanics within golf performance. So what we try to do is make a, a customized sport specific program to utilize that approach from there. But then we have the the general population that we work with, um, you know, just pretty much getting the, the primary movement patterns and working on those different types of things. But they, we have videos that explain everything for them. But say if they don't understand it in a, in a deeper sense, or like I still don't get it, they get to meet with us through a video conference call or we'll make a specific video for them to just help them out in, in a bigger approach. Mm-hmm. And how often do you guys communicate with your clients? So is it like, do, you, do they send you emails like after every training session? Is it like a weekly progress? Like how do you guys go about that whole process? So, Typically, we we honestly communicate with them like every every day, um, you know, whether it's say if they are training six days a week, five days a week, we will definitely communicate with them after every training session. So we uh, utilize a company called True Coach, which is an online training platform. So our individuals that have like a phone and everything, they literally have the whole program on their phone from their assessment protocols, their profile, their account is literally in the, uh, their hand and they literally have that right in front of them. But We'll comment on their their things, you know, we'll provide videos and just kind of, you know, stupid stuff. We're just kind of like, you know, motivating them and just getting them to, to laugh and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I think that's a big thing within just coaching is, you know, you, you definitely want to have your, your hand down. and You want to provide that good, like, communication response to them to, like, to power their goals. But at the same time, like, I still try to build a relationship with them. I try to understand that, you know, I'm more than a coach, like. You can laugh at me. You can you can start random conversations with me. So, but yeah, we we have uh, honestly probably within a matter of I would say anywhere from five to thirty minutes, we will comment on their workout. Mm-hmm. Right on. How many people are working at LinkedIn? Uh, like coaches wise? Yeah. So it's just me and my girlfriend. So the other business owner is my girlfriend, Alex Brown. She does mostly all of the like the nutrition stuff. So she does programming as well, but uh, she does a lot of stuff. So she does, she's a comp- uh, bikini competitor. So we do also MPC bikini uh, competition coaching. And what she does is she provides a lot of the posing and nutrition protocols that we want to get for those individuals and the bikini prep, we should say. And then what my kind of role is, is I kind of oversee a, a lot of that stuff. So I oversee most of the coaching that takes place. But as of right now, it's just two, two in the under the hand right now. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, yeah. so, how long have you been doing this? Uh, in the field, I've been in the field for about twelve or thirteen years, and then Linked Fit has been operating for a little bit over a year. So we started off February of 2018 is when we founded the company. Oh, right on. So, what were the initial struggles when? started this whole online coaching trying to learn how to create a system was it just communication what 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 was it truthfully it's just the 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 part about it is just owning a business it's just like you know i i had the manager experience but you really don't have i should say at least me i didn't really have that like business background so it's just like learning that type of stuff you know doing my research talking to other business administrators that was kind of like my big thing is kind of building a network with individuals. But honestly, that was the hardest part. You know, it's just when you own a business, you own, you own a business. <laughs> so we understand that, you know, there's, there's policies, there's regulations on specific things. Uh, you have to pay your taxes and all that stuff, but it's, it's understanding that we have to document everything that takes place within a company. And that was easy for me just because I'm very analytical when I kind of approach my things. I'm very organized, but it's just, 
the governmental policies and all that type of stuff was a totally new world for me. So it's like, we're still learning it. You know, we're still trying to, you know, better our craft. And, you know, I think we have the, the coaching in a good grasp. But, you know, we're still we're still learning the coaching process. I mean, I'm never going to say that everyone knows everything by 100% just because science is always approaching different methodologies. So, but the business part, that's that's kind of like the one of the biggest struggles is when you open up a company and you don't have that MBA or you don't have the minor in business, it, it's a different approach. Okay, right on. So I want to get into the Missouri State Clinic where I got to and um, you talked a lot about the nervous system and uh, just for our audience who it might be personal trainers, any students in kinesiology or exercise science, can you kind of dive into overall what does the nervous system mean to a trainer like yourself? Absolutely. So I mean, when I first got into the field, you know, and I took anatomy and I took physio or anatomy and physiology. You know, we kind of just understood that, you know, a lot of the nervous system gets triggered by the brain. And, you know, like that obviously is the motor control system. But in recent research is we're kind of understanding that, you know, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system is kind of like the true driver to our stress management. And when we think about just stressors in life, it's not necessarily just academics. It's not work related. It's not getting stuff stuck in traffic. You know, it's the training protocols that obviously you go through as a as an athlete, as just a a client of yours. But we need to understand that you know stress management is huge. So when we go into the autonomic nervous system regulation, that's huge. So it's like we need to understand that you know the parasympathetic nervous system is our rest and digest. You know, it's like we need to learn to chill. We need to learn to relax as much as we can, and that's the big goal. Is when I kind of wanted to get a little bit more in depth in the research as I try to find different ways that we can actually get our parasympathetic nervous system activation to increase a little bit more, because that's pretty much the goal after training is we don't want to be in a sympathetic state. Like, all right, like I'm already heightened. Like now I'm all like fueled up. Like, all right, like let's go. Like, no, like let's get our individuals to be mindful of pretty much the different things that are, are going to make their body relax and then hopefully make them recover. Because the goal about, I want to say in the athletic environment, say if you're working with an NBA superstar, say if you're the strength and conditioning coach for the Los Angeles Lakers, the Detroit Pistons, like Cleveland Cavaliers, whatever the case may be, sometimes they go back-to-back games. So they're not necessarily going to be 100% going into that under performance characteristics, but what can we do to get them to potentially 100%? And I think the regulation and using heart rate variability is a, it's a big prime technology advancement that we can use for our clients and our athletes. Mm-hmm. And so heart rate variability, what, uh, what are the basic metrics that you're trying to get to get an understanding of what this person's gone through? So there, there's a lot. Um, and I, I know that you, you saw all the metrics and everything that comes into it. I didn't spend a lot of time at the Missouri State Clinic, but, you know, there's a lot of different types of characteristics that we can look for um, or just data points. Um, the data points specifically that you want to look at are going to be time domains and frequency domains. So pretty much if, if anyone that's watching right now Pretty much what heart rate variability is, it's the time in between each heartbeat and you're actually measuring those distances. So the, the farther the gap in between each RR interval, that beat that takes place, it's typically associated with a slower heartbeat and you're going to be more relaxed at that point. But then all of a sudden, the ones that have a faster heartbeat in the RR intervals and you're timing that, that might be 300 milliseconds, it might be 456 milliseconds, which typically characterized by a faster, more sympathetic activity. So when we go into those time domains, 
we want to make sure that we're, we're looking at the data points and you're looking at the natural logarithms of the RMSSD. Um, you can look at overall the, the averages, the standard deviations of the NN intervals. And that data is just going to provide more analytics to potentially know where your body stands at that specific point in time. Um, because we, there's a lot of research that shows specifically with the time domains and the frequency domains, and I'll get to the uh, frequency domains here in a little bit. But when we go into like a, a pre-training recording or a pre-training monitoring sequence, we can actually utilize those things to help out with like their readiness for activity or just ready for training or ready for a competition and save individuals that are obviously going to be more heightened, like their bodies is more in a sympathetic state. There's a lot of associations that their body's stressed out. You know, they're, they might not necessarily put out the most ample amount of performance to get their fitness capacities to provide that in a competition or just in a training session. But the individuals that are more relaxed in state, more in a parasympathetic state, they can provide a little bit more ample amount of uh, amplitude of training. So we might be able to do more sets with them. We might get away with actually doing 100% of our 1RM, like those on the maxing days. But if we can regulate those processes a little bit more and like you can actually see the data points and say if somebody is at a, a very averaged um, HRV, so say they're on an average of maybe like a 45, well, truthfully at a 45, that's not necessarily that great of an HRV score. So what I would do as a coach is what can I do to get that up? You know, is it their sleep? You know, are they not sleeping? And that might be one of the things you talk with your client, talk with your athlete. You're like, hey. How's your sleep patterns? I'm um, sleeping three hours a night. Oh, okay, like let, let's work on getting that. So let's work on habits that we can obviously be a little bit more functional with our sleeping habits. Um, could be nutrition. You know, if they're eating, let's say fast food every day, if they're eating just a lot of carbohydrates and they're not eating a good amount of protein, like what, what is their body gonna be able to build those sequences, get the protein synthesis in their body? But you know, the frequency domains, those are, getting a lot of data points within like blood pressure characteristics. So when you talk about low frequencies, um, typically kind of want that at a lower score. Um, that's a lot of times associated with like higher blood pressure, which is our barrel reflex um, activation. But if it's at a higher rate, typically what we want to do is we kind of want to focus on getting that down. So it might be blood pressure that we're working on. Typically it's associated with more sympathetic activity. So what can we do to get that down? High frequency is kind of like where you're at. Um, Typically, my goal when I kind of train my clients or just myself is I'm looking at my high frequency. If it's higher, then I'm like, hell yeah. Like, this is the time to actually hammer some good uh, training sessions today just because that's more parasympathetic. Um, but again, there is like, you know, I've, I've seen the research that shows when you're more parasympathetic average to so say if like your HRV is at like a 72, which that's a pretty good score. But there's research that shows that your reaction time and your action and your ability to pretty much withstand anaerobic activity might not necessarily be as high as uh, for somebody that does it on an average basis. So they're saying the individuals that have a very high HRV, they're more cardiorespiratory fit, but those are like the marathon runners. Are you going to put a marathon runner into a powerlifting meet? No. So it's just like, but they're, they got a good HRV score, but they not might be able to react to specific things. So you know, the big thing is we really want to look at time domains and frequency domains, but understanding the data points is, is huge. Um, that's like a job as a coach and a trainer, or just an overall sports scientist is we need to understand those data and, and those metrics. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that kind of reminds me of the question that I asked at the end when we had that open sample discussion, but talking about rate of perceived exertion, 
And so um, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember the question that I asked, but I talked about 14-year-olds because that's what I worked with. Mm-hmm. And so um, how do you monitor something like that for a client, especially if it's online? Because it's so easy for someone to say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good to go. Like, I'm just going to suck it up. So um, what are the biggest challenges with that in regards to online training? Absolutely. That's a great question. I mean, definitely if they're online, I will say it's a struggle, but I think that's where it comes with the coach to really provide that education. Um, You know, it's like, I I really try to, I kind of say that I'm a director of a company, I'm a coach and I'm an educator. So it's like, we really need to educate our individuals to understand, you know, that I'm not necessarily just trying to improve their performance. I'm actually trying to holistically look at their whole body and improve their health. Because it's like, if, if we're not necessarily looking at their stress, and all of a sudden they're stressed all the time, they're stressed all the time, and you look at their HRV and it's like super low, but yet I'm not doing anything to it, but then I'm in the training, uh, the training gym or the fitness center and I'm hammering them down, I'm just, you know, I'm maxing them out and I'm doing all these sprints all the time, but where am I gonna take these different types of approaches to increase their overall health and their wellness categories? Because truthfully, there's a lot of research that shows this, if we can improve overall health, more than likely we're gonna improve performance. So, but as you said, I, I track SRPE. Um, so I always track pretty much at the end of every single training session, I will look into what the rate of perceived distortion is. So I wanna know out of one out of 10, 10 out of 10 being like, oh my God, Dane, I hate you because this is the hardest training session ever. A one out of 10 is, it's super easy. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a walk in the park. That's typically kind of like my phrase that I kind of use for it. But I wanna track that. And then typically, some of the times I don't do with all my clients, I'll do the HRV because I kind of provide them the sense that we can do a little bit more of the internal load monitoring system with the HRV to help that out. Um, But from there, sometimes I'll actually do a a true session rate of perceived excursion, which you can use that to actually do workload variations. And what you do is you get their duration of the training session and you times it by their SRP. And all of a sudden that's gonna give you their workload. So then all of a sudden it might be 570. Say all of a sudden they're 10 out of 10 on that SRPE for the next day and all of a sudden they worked out for an hour, boom. Now everything gets skyrocketed in that workload uh, ratio. So these are the things that my clients don't necessarily know that I'm looking at, but I'm looking at it for them. Um, So it's like, you know, I'm looking at the RPE scales, I'm looking at the internal load variations, I'm looking at what their overall difficulty of the training session is because I kind of make a deload week every once in a while where, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll drop down their volume by anywhere from say 40 to 60%, just depending on who the client is, you know, what their background is. Um, or it might be overall just intensity drops down to instead of doing like on a regular 85%, now they might go to 60 just to take a good rest off of basically the weight that they're using. But it definitely is, it's a challenge, you know, when, when you're in the online, but I think we just really need to educate our coaches or not our coaches, just overall our clients being like, hey, like, you know, I, this is my approach. This is how I want to utilize it. Um, I think if we can have a better understanding of your physiology and your stress variations that happen within training and life, um, environmental sequences, like there's so many things that obviously can impact autonomic nervous system. But if I can help them understand it a little bit more. Truthfully, a lot of clients that I've, I've worked with that actually do the HRV, because not all of them do it, they're on board. Like, they're like, that's actually really cool. Like, I'm like, and it's the only way for me to help you out further. You know, it might push you out a little bit more. And, and they call it actually called HRV biofeedback training. 
So it's where your clients actually, or just an individual will do an HRV biofeedback actually like monitoring system. So they'll put it over their heart and they'll literally just see what their body is doing as they're breathing at the end of their training session. And it makes them more coherent to actually what's happening within their body. So the clients that I have done that with, they, they actually see like, oh, wow, like I, I understand like, oh, wow, like my HRV, I'm, I'm really stressed out today. And then all of a sudden they do the HRV and it shows like it, it's a number that shows. But I think what we're going to see in the future is is more technology, like a lot of the wristwatch stuff. And I think it's just only going to help them out where it's, we can have a better grasp for our clients and our coaches being like, you know, like chill out more, like, you know, like, let's let's relax, like let's get your body back down to a a parasympathetic state and then all of a sudden when we're in training like now let's hammer it down but life's always going to throw you curveballs that's what i've always said and in, in, in life it's always going to do that but how can we manage those curveballs like you know how many times can we pitch how many times can we throw that ball before it actually starts to really hurt yeah and so real quick um you mentioned that fitbits aren't very reliable for all the stuff that you talked about right man so on there there's two different types of sensors there's a ppg and then there's an ECG or EKG, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, your PPG is typically most of the time it's going to be like your wrist wristwatch stuff. Um, you know, typically there's the green sensors. It's not on mine right now, but those little sensors in the back of your uh, your watch, or it could be red. I've seen some that are blue and everything as well. They're not as accurate. Um, it's more of an estimation, so it actually does like a pulse wave indicator versus an ECG is straight over the heart. Like it is literally right over the heart. So it's actually measuring those RR intervals, the actual HRV, the heart rate variability through the actual variation of the heartbeat itself. Not an estimation where all of a sudden your heart travels here and all of a sudden goes down your arm and then boom, it goes into your wristwatch. So, and I think the technology is getting there. Like I think the, the PPG sensors are getting pretty damn good nowadays. Uh, they are, but I think in the next couple of years, they're going to be better. Um, just because I think we all know that technology now, it's it's starting to get out of control, like in a way, but it's, it's going to help revolutionize just the fitness industry. Absolutely. I agree. All right. And so uh, the next part I want to get into is what you ended with that practical portion of the Missouri State Clinic, talking about how to provide a good cool down routine. And so what are some of your favorite exercises? What are your favorite methods to get that nervous system, that parasympathetic kick up and get that sympathetic down? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a variety of approaches. Um, I always, I believe in the personalized approach for everybody. You know, I, I definitely think if you're in the athletic world, I mean, we, we can't really get away from, you know, if you're trying to train like a, a football player, um, you know, there's obviously specific things that we want to work on, but if they can't squat right, like those are the things that we want to work on. But I kind of provide that same sense within the recovery system. So my goal is I'm trying to restore the body. Like, you know, they started off in a really low elevated state. And all of a sudden now what I want to do is actually bring them back down to that original state. And it's not going to be entirely the original state just because we know what training does. Mm -hmm. And it, it's going to decrease, obviously, your parasympathetic state. Your body's all now potentially fatigued out, it's stressed out in a way. It's you stress, it's a good stress. But I kind of go by a couple different things. My number one thing that I love to do to just overall decrease sympathetic activity and increase parasympathetic activity is going to be breathing. I mean, 
it's the respiratory sinus arrhythmia. If we can literally control that, like you can literally just see your amplitude of your HRV. Cause when, as you breathe in, HRV is taking effect. As you breathe out, HRV is taking effect. So when you breathe in, you're actually, your heart rate goes. Up. So if your heart rate goes up, your faster beats and everything. And then typically your HRV is now going to be a little bit lower, but as you breathe out all of a sudden, now your, uh, your air or not your air, but your heartbeat's now going to slow down. And what that's doing is now skyrocketing your HRV. So it's like, as you breathe in and out throughout the day, it's like your HRV is just kind of going like this. So that's why I call it, that's why they call that HRV. It's called heart rate variability because there's variability within each heartbeat. Um, but if we can just get them to, to slow the process of their, their breathing and, and actually control it, because typically when you go into a, a sympathetic state, what happens to your breath? <sighs> like when you start to train really, really hard, like when you do a sprint on a bike, what typically happens to your breath? You, you typically take really short, rapid breaths all, this, all, all the time. So the goal is to, to get them into that state. But I provided in that uh, the Missouri State Clinic and the hands-on, there's a variety of things. You know, you could do cryotherapy, you could do vibration, you could do massage, you could do stretching, you could do mobility techniques, you could do all the hydrotherapies and the contrast therapies. There's so many different approaches out there now. But I think it's just utilizing what the athlete feels comfortable to, just because say if you know, there's a lot of times that we talk about recovery systems and we talk about you know a cold tub, like putting someone into literally a 50 degree Fahrenheit tub that's pretty damn cold and all of a sudden the athlete has never done that before like they have never done that before and you're like all right go into that tub and I want you to sit in there for like 10 minutes they've never done that before and all of a sudden they get in they're like whoa like oh my gosh like my heart rate increases and exactly shivering and Exactly. So it's just like they're they're now more sympathetic and, and they're not necessarily enjoying it. And there's some people that do. Like I've talked to numerous athletes. I've talked to numerous clients and I asked them about what their approach is for just recovery. And I've asked, hey, have you ever done a cold time? They're like, yeah, I did it, but I hated it. And there's some that do it and they're like, I, I love it. And I'm like, that's great. I'm like, you know, do it. Like keep keep doing those different things. And, you know, there's research that doesn't support it. And there's research that does. I mean, that's the thing about research. Some are, aren't agreeing with it and some are agreeing with it. But I think the big thing when I, cause I, I do a lot of foam pulling and I do a lot of just overall self-care um, massaging. Um, I don't really call it SMR or anything. I call it more of the self-care approach. Um, so I try to teach my clients and teach my athletes things that they can do outside of the gym. Like if they're at home and they start to feel sore, the self-care approach to massage, like grab a lacrosse ball, grab a barbell, grab, a kettlebell, grab a foam roller, grab a, a rumble roller. There's so many different tools out there nowadays, but we have to be, we have to be conscious about like the pressures that we're putting onto those muscle tissue, just because if somebody is, has never done foam rolling before, like I don't expect them to grab a PPC pipe and start rolling out. Yeah. So it's like, it's going to hurt. And what that's kind of showing is just when we look at the pressure pain thresholds, like it's actually an indicator to be how much pressure that this individual can stand before it hurts like it's the pain that they got to go away from so it's like we need to find a good comfortable value when we talk about those pressure uh pain uh pressure pain thresholds but then we kind of need to know that if it's going to be more indirect or if it's going to be direct and what i mean by that is the indirect approach to kind of like the massage therapy approach is it's more spreadable like so utilize a foam roller Typically, the, the foam roller isn't hitting one fiber. It's not hitting one muscle. It's actually hitting a variety of them. But is there a way to potentially hit like a little bit more of a specific 
area, a very direct approach. Yes, a lacrosse ball, you can grab a golf ball, like digging into those specific areas of the body that potentially it's going to be a little bit more pressure, but hopefully we're at the variations that are, it's going to be standable for that individual. Um, and the same thing goes with like stretching, you know, mild discomforts, huge, um, you know, according to like, you know, the person's limitations to so say if you do an assessment with them and their hamstrings are super tight and then all of a sudden you go into a training session and you work on some hamstrings that day, you do a lot of pulling, you do uh, leg curls with a physio ball, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden, knowing that there's tension already built up on there, like, what do you expect now their hamstrings to be at? They're going to be shorter what they are from the, the beginning. So there's different approaches. You know, you can really focus on the limitations for the recovery system, or you can actually focus more on, like, what was trained in that day. But just understand, like, you know, those mild discomfort levels. I'm not trying to hurt my individual or trying to hurt my client by actually, like, pushing on their leg, like, too much. Like you just go to a mild discomfort just because pain has been associated with sympathetic activity. And if you're putting the person beyond mild discomfort, you're hurting them. And potentially you can have an injury, like you can pull their muscle tissue and that's the stuff that we don't want to do. So it's like understanding that the parasympathetic nervous system is really what we're trying to activate. And same thing with pressure, pain, pressure, pain. It's like if we go to a high level, it's going to hurt them. If you go to stretching, that's beyond mild discomfort. It's going to hurt them. If you get into a new system that they've never done, such as the cold uh, or contrast therapies for the hydrotherapy, they've never done it before, now they're in a sympathetic state. So that's like the big thing. I mean, I truthfully, with most of my clients, most of the ones that I do, I will do a lot of diaphragmatic breathing. Um, it's And sometimes it's not long. It might be two and a half minutes. And I'll literally, what I'll write on the program, I was like, this is your time to chill. Like put some good music on. Sometimes I'll actually provide like a YouTube channel that's like a meditation practice or like a yoga session. And it's like, hey, I want you to breathe. That's all I want you to do is close your eyes. Try not to think about work. Try not to think about like life. Just I want you to think about your body and what you just did to it. Like you just went through a very rapid heartbeat training session. Now what I want you to do is slow down your breathing. Try to actually get your your amplitude of your heart waves to be more like this rather than like is really rapid going up and down. So it's kind of like my big tool. Like the, the biggest thing out of my toolbox is it's, it's like having them control it. And if you can have them control their breathing, a lot of times they can control a lot of things within their, their recovery. Uh-huh. Do you have any specific coaching cues that helps get your clients to think about slowing things down? Because um, something that I picked up a lot on as a personal trainer working with some clients is that I would have them do some kind of foam rolling stuff. And when they aren't very used to it, like you said, like it might be a little painful. And so I try to like sometimes like bring it up to, to their minds and think about, does that really hurt? Or is it just kind of like pressure? Like, do you just feel tightness and you feel like it's trying to let go? And so I have found personally with a lot of people that I've worked with that sometimes I start to think about it and they're like, you know what? That actually doesn't hurt that bad. It actually feels kind of good. And the next thing I notice is just like they're kind of enjoying that whole foam rolling session and so just wondering if you have any cues that you like to use or anything that you've experienced truthfully it's it's you you hit the dot on that one it's just educating them like you know it's just like but i i will never say like to my clients being like you know it's just like oh like deal with it because i've seen coaches like that they're like oh it hurts bullshit like no like you gotta listen to our clients like if if we don't you might lose one but it's just like understanding that, you know, we can educate them. You know, if it's something new for them, like if they have never experienced foam rolling before, maybe you get them the stick where they actually apply the pressure to them. Where it's just like, instead of them starting off with a very low density foam roller, because if someone's never foam rolled before, 
They've never, ever, ever done it before. It's something brand new to them. A low density foam roller still might cause some pain just because yeah. this box might be that tight where they're like, whoa, whoa, like it's not, and I, I'm, I'm a big believer in just supple of the muscle tissue. If it's supple, it's not necessarily gonna take on as much pressure and it's not gonna hurt as much. But if we can actually get to the point where we can control it by actually just giving them the stick and just be like, hey, you get to control the pressure. I want you to find your mild discomfort. Maybe it's a little bit below that just because it's something new for you, but you provide this. But cueing, I think it's just more about the education when it comes to that point. You know, it's it's understanding, you know, wh why are they doing that? Because I, I used to work for Google and it's just a lot of those are very analytical people and, and they're like, they want to know why. Like a lot of them, you know, they came from the say like a D1 like sports environment or D2, wherever the case may be. Like some of the like, individuals that I was training were actually, they ran track, they played basketball, they played like all in college. So they kind of did that, they were experienced with it. But the individual that weren't, they want to know why. Like they're kind of like the kid, the why? Like why, why, why? But it's just like, I love that because it's like it gives me like the, the biggest portion of what I actually love in the industry is the education part. You know, and it's not necessarily just educating coaches. I love to educate my clients because, and I've even said this, like, as we get into our training programs, like, I understand that some of my clients will not train with me forever, but I'm hoping that I've educated them enough that they can actually take my practices of what I've done with them to now do it on their own. And, that, and that's like my big goal is like where I might train someone for two years and they're like, hey, like, I think it's time for me to go. I'm like, that's great. Like, like I, I felt like I did something good because now I feel like that they actually have a good grasp on how to prepare the body for a training program. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Like, you know, they they go on a treadmill and they'll run there for five minutes or 10 minutes and they think that's a warm up. But it's not like we're trying to actually utilize different approaches to joint mechanics like you know if they're really restricted in the ankle joint if they're restricted in the thoracic cavity like how can we actually utilize that to get their body to move better for that training session but i think it's just educating them you know really having them understand you know why we're doing those things to help them relax and just the pressure is appropriate for them but if it hurts we might just have to find a, a new thing for them because every everything there's so many different ways it's like exercise like I don't even think everyone knows what the library or how many exercises are in the library in the universe, just because I think it's just endless. Like there's so much equipment out there. That like, you just keep finding stuff. Exactly. And it's just like, there's so much out there and it's like the same thing with recovery. It's like, as science is really starting to utilize this, I think we're really starting to understand that there's more to it than just, just foam rolling. There's more to it, than just stretching out. There's more to it than just, you know, consuming a supplement of a protein shake. Um, you know, it's like we understand that, you know, these all these different variables, all these different tools that we can grab and utilize, it's going to make the dynamics like a little bit more approachable. Right on. That's that awesome. sounds awesome. <laughs> all right, Dane. Well, I just want to wrap it up and uh, just try to get some of your contact information. Tell us about uh, your website, maybe some social media pages. Where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So. Feel free to check out our website, link-fit.com. Um, you know, when it comes into just overall coaching and all that type of stuff, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram, our Facebook, like whatever you want to do. That's our big thing. But our, I think our Instagram is at linked uh, fit. Our Facebook is this linked uh, F. And then when it comes to just my personal contact, um, feel free to add me on Facebook, LinkedIn. You can add me on Instagram. It's just Dane Bartz. But 
yeah, I mean, whatever one works for you guys, that's not my way about it. Feel free to call me 248-759-8986. I'm always willing to help out as much as I can. Right on. All right, Dan. Well, thank you for taking the time, man. I really appreciate uh, all the information that you got to share with us. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. Thank you for having me. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, bye. And that concludes our interview with Dane Bartz. If you'd like to know more about Dane's online training, you can visit their website at link-fit.com, as well as their social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all listed in the show notes below. And so what really stood out to me in this interview with Dane was just talking about the importance of educating our clients. Um, you know, you can argue from a business perspective that it's not the smartest thing in the world to get somebody to only train with you for six months and having them go off on their own. While you might lose that income from them, you can gain so much more by putting them in a position to where they reach success with their health and fitness goals. They have learned how to train. They've learned how to manage their stress levels with training. Um, For me, that's huge because when you get someone to that level into their training, they will trust you. They trust what you do. And not only did you bring results, but you establish yourself as a trainer and as a business as someone trustworthy and someone that will always be able to help people. And that's the ultimate goal in this field as a strength conditioning coach, as a personal trainer, physical therapist, chiropractor, whatever you do as a health and fitness expert, you are helping people. And that should be the primary goal. But anyways, that's my whole spiel on training and this whole health and fitness industry. I just really have a really great appreciation for those who have that, you know, that high intent, that high focus to educate people and just help them learn, help them learn how to train. Thank you for listening to the show. And please remember to subscribe and follow us on YouTube, SoundCloud and the iTunes podcast app. You can find all the podcast episodes there as well as at our KN Chats website at KN Chats podcast wordpress.com if you're a fan of the show please make sure to give us a rating on the itunes podcast app that'll help make the show more accessible to listeners and viewers like you please make sure to share on youtube on our social media pages anyone who you think is interested who would like to learn from all these training conditioning personal trainers chiropractors physical therapists all our guests on the show connected to you to help you reach your health and fitness goals. Once again, thank you for listening and watching the show. Please stay tuned for more episodes as we got more coming your way. This is Eric Mojica signing off. Until next time, this is KN Chats.